podcast. Glad to have you here today. Uh, you know, we're all about building brands. That I put out like a Tuesday tip, and the Tuesday tip was um, that we're in burnout, and indeed did this survey where actually we're in burnout from their jobs. And I know this to be true um, with everything that's going on in our industry right now, um, because I'm having what I call journey conversations with all of our staff in the salon, and they all are referencing burnout. Um, oh, they're burnt out. Oh, they don't know how much longer they can be doing this. And and it's not the job. It's not the work that they're doing. I do believe that they enjoy the work that they're doing. I do believe that they're good at the work they're doing. But one of the things that's becoming really challenging is that people are becoming challenging. Um, stress is at an all-time high. Um, the world is crazy from one day to the next with something else going on. And so it's really creating havoc on our emotional stability. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And the, the title theme is um, Lost at Sea. Is your team lost at sea right now? And what do we need to do to kind of like rescue them in a sense? So welcome. I'm your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. And, um, you know, the SOS Small Business Podcast is celebrating 78 episodes at this point. Um, so let's get started with today's topic now. So Burnout is real. And I'm wondering if we are really just surviving to thrive, you know, like we, we have this illusion of what thriving is and, you know, maybe it's based on some level of success, some level of uh, income, some level of, you know, things, materialistic things, or maybe how many people we have, you know, following us on Instagram or TikTok. But this recent survey of saying that, you know, 52% of all workers are feeling burnt out and that's up 9%, you know, from a pre-COVID survey, then it tells you that people are stressed out. And we have to be able to figure out what this, what's it gonna take to be able to reduce people's stress. And, you know, right now we're looking at, you know, oh, they don't wanna work as much and they don't wanna, they don't wanna do this and we're not able to travel and we can't get away and things are so costly now that it's just one thing after another, that's an excuse. And you know what, you guys, the excuses are valid. So as leaders and owners of businesses, we're kind of like, yeah, I can't overcome that objection. And uh, you, oh, another one can't overcome that objection. And so we're kind of like in this stuck space of how do we fix this? How do we make this better? How do we hang on to these people that we have when you know they're all talking about being burnt out at this time? Now, in the SOS, some framework, our anchor framework that I talk about each and every week, you know, sales operation, mindset, marketing, education, we have to be able to kind of look where does burnout fall into, okay? Ultimately, it's mindset, right? Ultimately, it is a mindset conversation that we need to be having. But, you know, most of us are not necessarily really good at having mindset conversations with our team. You know, we have sales conversations with our team or we tell them what, you know, the policies or we've changed the policy conversations. Uh, we're going to bring in more education to motivate you conversations or, you know, maybe start marketing yourself more if you're worried about burnout or market yourself less if you're worried about burnout. I don't know. There, there's like a million things that this particular conversation falls into our anchor wheel. Um, of success here. And, but I want to have it to you from an emotional intelligent place. And I want to have it to you from a mindset, you know, healthy place to be able to do that. So let's look at why burnout is real. If you've said this recently, I want you to think about it from a different perspective. Now I am guilty of this too. So I am not without 
what I just wrote here and what I'm saying to you on this podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, my YouTube channel, SOS Small Business Success YouTube channel, and you're seeing the slides and you're seeing me on here, I am guilty of this too. I'm going to let you know, but these are red flags for all of us to be looking at. So you might've said some of these things like this, oh, this generation has no work ethics, whatever, whatsoever, or they don't know what hard work is. Or maybe you've said, I worked Saturday for 30 years. Why don't any of them want to work Saturdays? Um, oh, I did 20 clients in a day. Now they can barely handle three or four or five clients in a day. Um, I double booked with no assistant. You know, I don't know why they're all demanding, you know, that they have to have assistance in order to double book or that they, you know, they, they don't want to book tighter because they don't want to be that stressed out type thing. We all may be guilty of saying these things, okay, in one form or another. And I want you to just look at it from a little bit of a different perspective here, because sure, there could be some truth to us, but, you know, the, the truth is coming from our experience, not theirs, all right? But what's the culprit here to a lot of what we're going through when we talk about burnout? The culprit is emotional exhaustion, okay? We're emotionally exhausted. Life seems more difficult. Um, life doesn't seem as fun. Life is more expensive. Um, clients are more demanding. Um, I, can't, I can't continue to listen to clients complaining about the things that, that I want to complain about too, but I can't. Um, all day long, all day long. So we are emotionally exhausted. Um, and part of that, and that emotional exhaustion is we're overstimulated. Okay. We are hearing multiple narratives. We are on, you know, uh, online way too much. Um, we feel like we don't have a voice. And when we do have a voice, we get reprimanded for having that voice because it might not be what somebody else says when they have a voice. Uh, so there's just a lot of controversy right now going on. So overstimulation is a big part of that. Secondly, the online connection, it, it doesn't translate to social connection anymore, you guys, that's part of the problem. So we, we looked at social media as a social outlet, and now it, it feels dirty and dark and, and um, unappealing for the most part, you know, I've, I've done it as a business. I do it socially. I do it as a friend's network. And I got to tell you, I am burnt out on it too. But one of the things that I've done is I've found some hobbies and interests that I am interested in. And I've gone on to groups that I have hobby and interest uh, value to me. So, you know, like edible gardening is something I'm interested in. So I went into a group on edible gardening and I'm learning a lot to, in order to take care of my garden and take care of some problems that I'm having with my garden, um, that people are very, they're great as being, you know, those experts in that field. So I'm enjoying that group. Uh, obviously you guys, if you've seen any of the baking that I've done lately, and I'm currently right now in a St. Jude uh, baking challenge and looking to raise a thousand dollars. I'm at $950. So I'm almost there. If anybody feels the graciousness to want to donate to um, this St. Jude challenge this week and help me get to that thousand dollars, I'm only $50 away. You can do $5, $10. You can do the $50. Uh, that would be great. You can go onto my Facebook page, uh, Bonnie Bonadeo, my personal Facebook page, and you'll see it pinned to the top where it says manage um, the St. Jude uh, baking challenge. And that will take you to a donate button. Uh, you can also see a lot of the um, baking that I've done over the month so far. I got one more baking challenge to do this week. And of course, it's cakes and cupcakes, which is my specialty here. Um, my 
my handle on Instagram to see everything is uh, batshit underscore Bonnie underscore treats. Um, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram and see all of my bake goodies that I do each and every weekend, because it's, it's, it's a hobby. It's, it's a stress reducer for me. So I'm emotionally exhausted. And you know what I do on Sundays, I bake. And that kind of like sets the tone for me and my week. Um, so online connection doesn't necessarily mean social connection. So find those things that you enjoy Maybe, maybe get off of all of the work pages, maybe get off of all the salon pages or, you know, all of those hairdresser forums, maybe get off some of those or just stop paying attention to some of those and find other hobbies to go on in order to make your time that you're on social media, because it seems like we're all a little bit addicted here, uh, more enjoyable. So I have sailing, I have uh, the BVI um, as some groups and pages that I go on. I have baking and now I have edible gardening. I'm finding that my social pages, oh, and I have chihuahuas too, because I have a little chihuahua. Those five pages, when they, you know, they start kind of showing up on my, on my feed, I get more enjoyment out of it than I ever used to, you know, looking at more of my business stuff. That That's a stress reliever for me, not a stress enhancer, okay? Um, another thing that creates emotional exhaustion is I want you to think about the millennial age. So they're all kind of, you know, getting married, having kids kind of aged, um, you know, mid thirties type of thing, late twenties to mid thirties, even, you know, pushing towards early forties here. Um, and they've watched the information age, and I'm going to say the breakthrough and the breakdowns of the information age. So they watched their parents getting, um, pink slipped laid off, fired, removed from jobs to bring in younger people that are more tech savvy. Um, they watched, they, you know, they, they went through the recession, the 2008 to 2011 recession that some people are still recovering from because of some of the devastating loss in, uh, you know, home equity and uh, being able to have a home, being able to afford a home, being able to get a home type of thing. So the millennials have, have been put in, in a particular position. And what they want to do is not repeat what they saw in their family dynamics, in their current uh, uh, social network at that time. They don't want to repeat this. So they have a different set of expectations and obligations to living a life that they want to live when they watch their parents go through a lot of difficulties during that time. And I can say that, you know, as a, as a, an older generation to millennium, I'm kind of like right on the cusp of Z and, and Boomer. I, uh, up until the 2008, um, you know, recession and crash, it was pretty good was pretty good. We didn't necessarily, you know, have wars that, that we were ultimately involved in. We didn't have a lot of crime. We didn't have, you know, we had a gas shortage in the seventies, but again, I was young at that time. So it, it, it didn't impact me. So the 2008 recession was probably the greatest impact for me as an adult. Well, millennials are now aware of this. So now we have to look at Gen Z. Gen Z has been through three major events and they're only in their early twenties. So if they were born, uh, you know, before, slightly before 2001 or within 2001, they watched the, you know, 9-11 happen. They watched the recession happen. 
Okay, and yes, they were young during this time, but these are three major impacts that impacted the way we, the, the our culture, the way we are influenced, the way that we are buying. Okay, and then all of a sudden now a pandemic. Okay, so Gen, Gen Z, early 20s have been through three major events and they're still in their early 20s at this point. So you can imagine the difference in experience that they have to what we may have had. Consumerism, individualism, influencism. I think I just made up that word, but I kind of like it. Influencism, right? Um, all of those things are at a peak. You know, I grew up in a family where if something was broken, my father fixed it. We didn't go out and buy a new one. We, we tried to, you know, he tried to fix it. And typically 99% of the time he could fix it. And that's not the same dynamic that we have today, okay? And what we do have today is a lack of solid coping skills, all right? And I, I don't wanna point fingers or put blame on any one area in regards to having solid coping skills available for us because the experiences that I had as a child are not the same experiences that we're raising our children with. So it's different and the coping skills are different and we, are only figuring this out right now. But ultimately what this says is that the culprit of burnout is emotions. And the solution, of course, is always emotional connection. An emotional connection. And you're going to hear me talk about this again in the end because it's I'm going to reinforce the solutions after I share with you a little bit more of what's going on here. Emotional connection, we want to be present with our with our team. Okay. If they're lost at sea, they're feeling burnout, it's not giving them more time off because they'll make less money. And that may not, that may be a concern for them if they're still trying to achieve certain things in life. Right. Um, it, you know, sure we can raise our prices, we can do all of these things, but what we need to be is just more present with them. Okay. Like they need to be heard and they need to feel heard. So we got to listen. We got to really listen to what some of the concerns are. And some of them, we can't change. Some of them we're not going to change because they may not be business savvy um, decisions, but they are like expressing this certain level of freedom that they want or this certain level of why can't we do it this way approach because that's kind of how they were raised. And then we're kind of like, yeah, no, we don't do it that way, but we got to at least listen to them and see, you know, is there a reason why we're not doing it that way? Or is there a reason why we, we can start doing it this way? It's, it's worth listening to the younger generation and based on what they have. Doesn't mean we have to change everything. Uh, but that's where acceptance comes in. Um, the ability to be curious, you know, they're bringing these things to us for what reason? Like, here's an example of this that one of my clients was going through. They have a pretty fixed um, dress code and everything. And they're just feeling like they're not being able to express themselves with the dress code. So they're like, can we maybe bring in another color that we can wear, you know, and, you know, maybe this is kind of like goes against the brand awareness or the brand look and feel of this particular business. Um, but is it, you know, is it worth saying, yeah, let's try it for three months, you know, or maybe every quarter we'll tie a theme around another color to add it in and, and share or promote that, or you guys can wear these other colors. So I don't know. We have to at least be curious. Um, we have to allow for them to come up with solutions instead of saying, okay, but then I'll pick the colors, okay? Like say, all right, well, what are you thinking? Like, you know, lay out a plan for me of what you're thinking here and we'll see if it's something that everybody will buy into. If, if everybody's agreeing to it and they wanna buy into it, 
sure, why not? Maybe we can do these things. I think the type of leadership that we were used to, which was a very hierarchical high, uh, leadership based on hierarchy, I couldn't say that word very well, I'm sorry, that we try to solve or fix things, or we try to say that, but that's the policy, that's what's in the handbook, that's how it works. I think we need to not be trying to solve or fix everything anymore. I think that we need to be allow them to come up with solutions, be curious, be more accepting to things, listen and be present with them. And then that is going to create a little bit of a different culture. And maybe this culture is more energetic. Maybe this culture is more inviting to them and burnout is not going to feel as overwhelming to them. Okay. But let's talk about kind of now we know why it's happening. The world is crazy and things are more difficult today. And we know that we can be a, a, a more emotionally intelligent person to fix this. But now I got to give you kind of the substance, the context in between to help you see how to make this work in there. So as leaders, we probably ultimately want to be able to say, I, I need my communication skills to be better here. Okay. Um, I have to take on a, a stronger leadership role in this process, but I have to still be profitable. So this is that, that fine line that I talk about in my leadership uh, courses is I want to be liked and I want to be effective. And there's a balance scale to that. Like if you're overly liked, are you being effective? And if you're overly effective, are you being liked? And there is, we, we want both of those. As leaders, we want both of those. And there's kind of like that happy middle um, that sits in there and that, and that desire to want happiness to be present in our work environment um, and in our lives, ultimately here. So on this emotional intelligence, the EI method um, approach to this, then what we have here is that the first thing we need to understand for the foundation is we have to be emotionally aware. When people are in that stage, um, what can we do to support them? Okay. Uh, and I say support them, meaning that, you know, giving them space, allowing them to be expressed, uh, expressive a little bit more. After emotional awareness, we go into emotional management. Now we have, we have kind of this culture in place. This is how we manage it a little bit. Then there's emotional connection, you know, allowing more opportunities for people to be present and expressive and curious in that culture. And then of course, that creates that ultimate EI leader in you and in others. Doesn't mean that just because you're the owner or the leader that you're the only one that can have this capacity. Imagine other people within the business feeling confident enough to have this capacity as well and showcasing that in your environment. And then what happens is that, you know, instead of all of them kind of like, you know, it is a, it, it does feel like we're leaders and owners are being attacked at times by team. Um, and part of it is because we're making these general statements of nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work full time. Uh, nobody wants to work evenings. Nobody wants to work Saturdays. And we're generalizing things in a, in a higher level. But if we get a couple of these people kind of in this emotional awareness, emotional management, emotional connection stage, then um, they become they become the the they become the leaders to the followers that will are willing to follow them versus always just following you. So you have to make sure that you've got some, some good foundational structure set up as well in here, okay? All right, so did you guys know that? I pulled this from the internet, so it could or could not be true. But if you look up on Google, um, you know, the Chinese symbol for listening, there's a part that talks about the ears, obvious, right? Listening ears. But there's a part that talks about the eyes to be able to see 
the listening. There's a part that talks about the mind to think about what's being said, the heart to feel what's being said. And then there's a line in the middle of it that creates this undivided attention to focus on what somebody's saying. So look it up. I, I double dog dare you to look it up. The symbol or the way that uh, listening is written out in Chinese. Um, it's pretty powerful. Okay. And that's kind of that piece I'm talking about in emotional awareness. All right. So now I'm going to do a real quick synopsis here. We know that in emotional intelligence, there's like parts of the brain that focus on different parts of our awareness. Um, and I'm going to talk about the two parts here. So the limbic system and then the neocortex. The limbic system is the feeling part of the brain. The neocortex is the thinking or rational part of the brain. Okay. And when we are emotionally exhausted, it's mainly in the limbic system and emotional exhaustion creates our bodies to be at disease. Okay. It creates our bodies to feel tired, overwhelmed, um, pain, hurt, you know, soreness, inflammation, like all of these things are kind of based on that limbic system. Okay. And rational thought doesn't necessarily play a role in this. If we allow that emotional exhaustion to kind of kick in right now, Emotional awareness is understanding that when our limbic system or our emotional part of our brain is kind of taking charge or in kind of way more powerful than our rational part of our brain, we call it the term hijacked. And hijacked is when you're easily triggered by things. So if you look at society right now, and you think, oh, you know, all these phrases that we're using, you know, there's the left, the right, the red, the blue, the Democrat, the Republicans, the, you know, anti, the four, you know, um, all of these things are triggers for us today in what's happening out there. And, uh, you know, these triggers then create like connections to things like Karen's, oh, there's a Karen again. Oh, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, this, there's a, that, and it becomes division. It becomes even racist at times. It becomes culturally not compatible to where we're doing, where, what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. And this hijack that's happening is because we're letting our limbic system kind of like dictate what's happening to us. And the rational part of the brain is kind of hijacked or taken a back seat to our emotions. And then we're not managing our emotions very well. And ultimately we want to be able to do is be aware of our emotions so we can manage our emotions so that we can connect better with our emotional state of being, our well-being, and that we can be better leaders, emotional leaders of our lives. Okay. So I want you to think about what you're hijacked about right now. Um, because when you're hijacked, you're in a constant state of feeling and the feeling is unsafe. And our brain honestly doesn't know the difference between real danger or perceived danger, real or perceived danger. It does not know the difference. So when you get hijacked or you get triggered by certain things, it, it, it assumes you are unsafe, even if it's just words, or even if it's just a feeling, but not physical or actual danger in there. Now, all day long, all day long, we're being triggered by people. We're being triggered by people, especially in our industry, because we're providing services for people. We have that undivided attention with them for a, a, a certain amount of time. And they might be saying things that are triggering us or um, we, you know, they're wanting things that we just we're, we're not able to accomplish or, or get done in the timelines that, that we have available to them. 
and we just start getting triggered. We start to feel unsafe. Um, our body goes into a hijack. And when it goes into an hijack, we are not in a rational mindset. Once we're triggered, you're no longer in a rational mindset once you're triggered. And what that is, is based on hormones, cortisol going through your body, going to the largest muscles of your body so that you can go into one of these fear responses, fight, flight, freeze. Okay. Fight, flight, freeze. And when those hormones get into your body, they can stay into your body for four to eight hours. And what that means is that we, if we're not in that rational state of, of awareness, okay, that we will repeat mistakes or stay triggered longer. So we can look at the world and we can look at people being misbehaving and we can look at people being bad or people being unruly. But the truth is the only people we should be looking at is ourselves right now. Because if we can be better at having awareness of our emotions of ourself, and we can be better at managing those emotions a little bit better, and we can better, we'll better connect with other people when they're maybe triggered and be able to help and support them and ourselves to be more kind, more compassionate, more caring human beings, not as judgmental as I think we have become in today's society. Um, and again, more rational in our approaches and our decisions. So how do we keep our crew from burnout? We have to emotionally connect with them, okay? Instead of telling them to walk the plank or, or leaving them to their own devices of walking a plank, we need to emotionally connect with them. And I'm gonna repeat what I said earlier. We need to be more present. We need to actively listen and really listening because we, I talk about being present. It's a gift, right? But if you really feel heard by somebody, that in itself is an amazing gift as well. Somebody being able to really hear me out is a gift. Um, we need to be more accepting of some of the societal changes that are going on. Okay. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them. Doesn't mean we have to align with them, but we can be more accepting to them. Uh, we need to be more curious. It's not about right or wrong or this or that or me or them type of thing, but maybe be more curious um, as to where people are and how we can align better to be able to do that. We need to allow for solutions to happen for ourselves, but allow other people to have their own solutions to problems and maybe not trying to always solve or fix everything at this point, especially as leaders, okay? So every time that we throw a policy out is the way to fix things, then it means that we haven't been present, we're not listening, we're not accepting, and we're not curious as to maybe why something is showing up at this point in time. And ultimately to kind of like build that cultural foundation that is based on values and shared values, your values as a business owner, your values as a leader, but also how does that align with their values? Okay. That's ultimately what I think we need to do in order to kind of overcome some of this burnout. All right. Now you guys want to find out where you're at in the balance wheel. I have a balance wheel for you to be able to download for free. Um, and because you need to be healthy, your business needs to be healthy and your team needs to be healthy. So we need to be able to figure out where we're at with this. And so the balance wheel is, it's one of those uh, things that you just kind of like draw some circles on where you're at, you know, one through 10, and then you connect the dots on the wheel to be able to see, you know, spiritually, where are you at? Work, career, relationships, family, friends, finance, health, and community. Where are you at? And where are you maybe a little off balance? And if you can kind of fix the balance a little bit, or even do this exercise with your team in your next meeting, um, you can kind of gauge where maybe people are at, where they feel like 
they have this emotional exhaustion going on? And then what are some ideas that, that they can come up with to be able to help themselves be more present um, and be aware of their emotional exhaustion so that it doesn't lead to burnout? Okay, you want this free uh, uh, SOS balance wheel today? You can go to sossalontools.com. Um, click on the fill out your information, click on the link. It'll send you an email with a link to be able to download it for free. Also on there is going to give you an opportunity to book a free strategy session today. So if you're in burnout or you are overwhelmed by your team in burnout and you fear losing them, um, set up a call with me. We'll talk about it. I'll listen. I'll be an active listener. I'll be a very curious listener. And we'll put together a strategy that will help you to be able to maybe overcome this and bring some life back into your business. Okay. Thanks you guys for always uh, joining me here at the SOS Small Business. This week we have a um, special guest. Uh, Ronique Anios is going to be with us and she's going to talk about profits first. I got my book. Um, so she's going to be sharing that with us. It's, it's meaty. It's a meaty little book. So I'm sure you guys will enjoy listening to her as well. Um, and you know, you can find me on iTunes, Anchor, uh, Google Play, and um, Spotify. And Anchor, I said Anchor, and Spotify with uh, this. You can also get the video versions of this on my YouTube channel as well. So check it out. And